Welcome to Chicana and Latina Moms Podcast. This is our podcast. Un lugar donde hablaremos sobre la salud mental, cultura, como chicanas and Latina moms. La importancia de self-love, self-care, self-compassion. Y el recordatorio que somos chingonas. Y que esta es una revolución y una evolución para crear la mejor versión de nuestro ser. Because we can. Because calladitas, no more. You're listening to Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. The content is not intended to replace or substitute for any professional counseling or therapeutic advice. Hola, Chicana and Latina Moms. ¿Cómo están? Espero que estén muy bien. I have been missing for a while because I've been so busy, but I will never let go of our podcast here, Chicana and Latina Moms. Life is busy sometimes, but we sometimes tenemos que poner el freno y decir, okay, I've been going, 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 and I need to stop and recharge. So that's very important. If we don't do that, no one's going to do it for us, right? So we have to take a deep breath. <laughs> um, you guys, my son turned 21 years old. I can't believe it. I have a son who's 21 and I have another son who's 14. He's going to be 15 in September. It's so crazy how, how time flies. Like, I miss him as babies, but I understand, ¿verdad? Los caminos de la vida. <laughs> Como la canción. Like, they have to grow up and uh, experience things that, you know, that is needed for them to develop their character and and uh, just learn about life, you know. But time flies. So para las que tienen los babies, oh my God. Uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm not like that fertile myself, you guys. Like, I'm not that fertile. And I guess I don't know if that's a blessing or not, but, you know, it is what it is. Ni modo. Que se le hace. But anyways, um, in today's episode, I would like to talk about a topic que a veces no se habla. Um, and that topic is the kids that come into a new relationship. What I mean by that is, like, you as a mother... Um, get with somebody and your child is a baby, three years old, four years old, five. And that new partner comes into your life and helps you raise your child, your son or daughter. Then later on, ¿verdad? La vida está pasando. Hay problemas. And then you and your partner separate. And then that little boy, little girl that was raised by that step-parent no longer has a relationship with that step-parent because there's animosity between you and the other parent. It's really sad um, to hear this, but I also conduct sessions um, for parents who don't get along, um, parents who are going through the court system and who are not able to co-parent. And... 
it's so sad that yes, they're going to court because you know they both won fifty fifty custody for the, the the children that they both had, but then there's that other children. There's always that the daughter that is now sixteen because that step parent raised her, or that young boy who's seventeen um, or thirteen that that step that step parent raised him and everyone in the court is talking about you know the kids they had together but no one's talking about the kiddos who were brought into that relationship because that that child their biological parent are out of the picture and so then there's a step parent that stepped up and now that step parent doesn't want to step up anymore because it's like well you're not my responsibility you're not my responsibility you're your mom's you're not even my biological child so why would i have to take care of you that is one of the saddest things to hear. And I've heard parents say that, step-parents. And then I hear step-parents talking out of anger. And then they realize, like, I feel bad. I do love that kid. I raised him or I raised her. But I don't know how to move on from here because the mom hates me. How can I reach out to, you know, their child when that their child is in the mom's side, and I don't know what to do. I feel like they probably hate me because whatever it is that happened and why they broke up. That's very common, you guys, and it's so sad. So if there's step-parents that decided to step in and raise a child, you know, of your partner, because it could be you as a mom too, right? You meet someone and, you know, your boyfriend or your fiance, you guys get together and he comes with the package because you know, he has a daughter or a son and you raise that little boy and that little girl y luego crecen y que ocurre, se separan and then you don't see that little boy and little girl because the dad doesn't want to see you and because they don't want to see you, they don't let that child have a relationship with you either. So it goes both ways and those kids are in the middle. It's double trauma. Sometimes their biological parent um doesn't want anything to do with them. And then here comes a step-parent. And then again, another, you know, uh, father or mother figure doesn't want them in their life. And that is so sad. Um, if you are that mother who separated from that step-parent who helped you raise your biological child, you know, and you haven't put them in therapy, that's an option there. Let give them a space to to open up. If you have medical, you can, um, you know, use a medical for therapy with an agency where you live in the area where you live. Um, you can also seek the support of the school if see they can link the child to therapy. If they're an adolescent, you can still do the same thing. A veces no se prestan. Um, but if you have a good relationship with your child, then it helps because you get to talk to them and encourage them to get that support. Therapy helps because they feel that at some point they get to explain their version. You know, if you were married to the step parent um, and you go to court and everyone's talking about the, the kids, right? The biological kids between both of you, but no one's talking about the child, you know, that is yours, right? That you brought in into that relationship. So maybe at this point it's like, hey, I know you're affected too. And because I love you and you're important to me, 
um, I, I do encourage you to talk to a therapist and kind of give them an input as to what to expect. If you've been to therapy, if you have not been to therapy yourself and you don't know how to navigate this, it's also helpful for you to seek therapy. Many people will say therapy is very expensive, but I do want to add this, you guys, that um, cuando se quiere, se puede, right? And you, if you have medical, if you have insurance, um, don't give up. See, if you call somewhere, you leave a message and they don't answer, keep calling. Find someone, to a professional to come and help you with tools to navigate this because you wouldn't want your child, right? That child that was brought into that relationship um, to eventually have so many like dysfunctional relationships in their life because if one, their biological parent you know, abandoned them. And then here you have a step-parent who stepped in and then stepped out. And it's sad. It's really, really sad. Um, so therapy is a suggestion, obviously. Um, you know, there's books. Yes, we can say that. Some people don't like to read, but that's okay. Um, there's videos. Um, there, if you're part of a church attending a retreat, I mean, agárrense de lo que puedan para poder ayudarse because si no lo hacen, va a haber muchas cosas, muchas consecuencias, um, en la vida and your child, all your children matter. So do you, but because this episode, I'm only focusing on the kiddos who are the ones that are paying the price. The ones que, que se olvidan, no hay muchos, I mean, they're kind of just pushed to the side and that's not okay. When I do the co-parenting sessions and one of, you know, a parent says, well, you know, my child that you helped me raise when they were little, they still love you, but you haven't reached out. And sometimes the other parent just says, well, how do you want me to if they're choosing your side? And it's just assumptions. And the other parent's like, I don't tell them to choose size. You're the adult. You need to reach out to them. And that's what important that's what's important, you guys. Us the adults have to take the step forward. You can't leave that responsibility on a 10-year-old, right? Five-year-old, 15-year-old, heck, even 16-year-old to make that attempt to reach out to you when they're all they're observing around them is negativity because of the animosity, maybe the courts, restraining orders, I mean, revenge strategies, I don't know, I say that because some people go out of their way and slash tires, and it's crazy, and then the kids are aware of that, and it's chaos, but us, the adults, have the responsibility to take that first step, if you as a mother, uh, if you were a stepmother, and you no longer have a relationship with that child because of the animosity but there's a way somewhere that you can reach out to them do it if you want of course right um because que vas a perder you know maybe they're not ready and pues sabes que that's it if they're not ready to talk to you it's understandable maybe the time will come sometimes maybe it won't at the end of the day but but that child is going to become an adult one day and maybe one day they're going to look for you, but they're also going to have a resentment of like, why didn't you look for me? But if your child, okay, that lives with you and their stepfather, you know, is out of the picture and you don't can't stand them or whatever, 
um, don't ever talk bad about the stepfather to ex-stepfather. I don't even know what to say. Stepfather, ex-stepfather. Um, or maybe the child will always perceive them as not even a stepfather, but the father. And if you feel that you're interfering too much in their relationship because you can't stand that maybe he cheated or he did whatever, you have to be very careful with that because it's not fair that your child will pay the price for your anger towards someone that chose to do something that has nothing to do with you. And I say that because we all behave the way we feel. So there's sometimes people that will do things to you, but we forget that it's a reflection of them due to their traumas. And although they might blame us or blame other people or whatever, at the end of the day is justifications for their pain, for their suffering and traumas and everything. We don't want these kiddos to fall through the cracks. It's not fair. I have always told all of my clients that, especially the single mothers um, who have boys, if that father figure, the biological father and the step parent are not involved in their males, obviously <laughs> they're not involved, then it's our responsibility as mothers to make sure that we seek either a male therapist, we make sure we put them in sports with male role models. And of course, with schools, you can't really like, you know, there's more female teachers than males, but it would be great to have more male teachers so that they are able to provide that role model, a male role model um, for our boys. And I've talked about the boy crisis, and it's, it's a big thing, you guys. There's a lot of uh, fatherless children in, in our world, especially, I mean, females and, and boys. But when, when we talk about the crisis, the boy crisis, is that a lot of boys lack what a true father and what a man is. Not a little boy, because there's a lot of 40, 50-year-olds out there still behaving like little boys. So we have to be able to make sure that we raise our kids to be eventually, you know, that young boy, young man, um, and then young girl, right, to a young adult, female, um, and not have them be stuck. Because the sad thing in reality, it is, you guys, that not everyone reaches maturity. Not everybody reaches maturity. It doesn't matter how old we are. You can be 40, 50, 60, whatever, but you can be very immature and make very um, unhealthy choices for yourself and for your kids. Um, so we want to make sure that we get all of these resources that we can and bring mentors into our kids if you feel that it's not enough for you to, to provide. Because sometimes as parents, we're not going to have all the answers or the, you know, solutions or whatever, but we need to be able to reach out to this universe that God gave us, right? This universe that's full of resources with people um, that we can utilize to implement knowledge and empower ourselves as a community. Chicanas and Latinas, we grew up seeing a lot of our moms dismiss many things. We can't let that happen anymore, you guys. We can't. Cuando tú estabas llorando en tu cuarto o querías un, un, 
un abrazo, whatever it is, and you needed your mother or your father, and no te lo daban porque no es que no querían o porque no saben o porque estaban trabajando, lo que sea. You know, we were able all, to, I think most of us were able to see that a lot. And now we cannot continue that pattern. Now we have to be able to empower ourselves as mothers and say, uh-uh, I'm not going to continue this generational trauma. I want to be able to let my kids know what it is and what it feels like to express emotions, to, to know what problems are, and then see the other outcome, the other side of the coin, which is the, the solving part. So whenever you have your kids kind of witness i'm not saying domestic violence because that's like excessive and we don't want that to happen so you have to be very careful if you're a very aggressive mother and you're just like you know me vale lo que piense, and you're always verbally attacking the father or like in front of your kids like you gotta oh, like watch out for that be very very careful because that's still considered at some point domestic violence because That means that there's been yelling every single day and there's a big disconnection from your being with those who you live with. So be very careful. If you went through things, you know, you have the right to feel sad and frustrated, but be very careful into how you bring that into the table because we're talking about, you know, that step-parent coming in into a relationship, helping you raise a child or vice versa, right? You helping them raise their child. And If you as a couple are not able to meet halfways to nurture, you know, that relationship um, and it becomes very toxic and you know it's toxic, sometimes we, we function as adults or as human beings. Like it's kind of like consequences like drive us. Isn't that weird? Like las consecuencias como que nos da esa motivación to who knows what, but we cannot always have to wait for a consequence to then say, oh my God, now I'm going to change my life. Like you don't have to always get to that consequence. You, there's prevention. There's that word prevent, prevention, nurture your relationship. You don't always have to be yelling. If you're yelling and you dislike your partner, why are you with him? Why are you with him? It is so challenging sometimes you guys and it's not easy but it's challenging sometimes to leave a very toxic relationship I totally get that I was there myself he was like verbally abusive y yo tampoco me dejaba, and he was very controlling and I couldn't stand that and I can say like wow que bueno que no me dejé. but at some point maybe maybe at some point I could have just not said anything and things could have been better who knows right but it is what it is because at that point it didn't work out But it's very important to be able to help ourselves to be centered. And centered takes us time. No, no es tan fácil. But when it comes to these kiddos observing how adults behave, it's tough sometimes. Because if the adults are not able to kind of filter and um, implement knowledge with different tools to change, then it's ongoing chaos and that's where DCFS kicks in, you know, and then the kids are removed. I've worked with so many families whose kids have been removed and it's so sad to see how the mother and father are like suffering because they want their kids back and the kids want to go back to their parents. But we have to understand this is a reality that sometimes as parents, we're not perfect. 
we're not perfect y la vamos a regar. A lo mejor la hemos regado, la estamos regando y la vamos a regar, but we have to be kind of be more like mindful of like, okay, ¿cómo es que la estamos regando? You know what I mean? We have to be mindful. The more you are, are focused on your triggers, the more aware you're going to know as to, okay, this triggers me. And the last time I responded like this, ¿y cómo me fue? Ah, no, mis niños me estaban viendo. Um, you know, I personally, you guys, I'm going to share something. Um, I grew up seeing my mom always verbally abuse my father all the time. That even though I'm like 43, I mean, she's kind of calmed down, but it still triggers me. Like seeing how she always verbally, and I'm not saying that it's like, oh, poor my dad, my dad's perfect. I'm not saying that. But I maybe some of you can, um, you know, relate to this. But it was so annoying. I always found myself defending my father all the time because I couldn't stand that verbal abuse. But my mom did also ver verbally abuse to me growing up. So that was another trigger. But then she was, my mother was uh, traumatized verbally. And who knows other things that she doesn't want to share But there was a time in my life that I was able to assess like, oh my God, I sound like my mother and I don't want to do that. And that's a generational trauma because obviously she's a, the female role model in my life. And obviously there's positive things about her, right? But in this case of talking of how we behave as mothers and how we maybe push our partners away or even the, how the fathers push us away too, you know, it goes both ways también. But You know, because this podcast is Chicana and Latina Moms, <laughs> I'm highlighting the importance of how we need to be mindful of what we also bring to the table so that we avoid our kiddos from suffering. And although we cannot, okay, reality is, reality is that we will not be able to stop suffering 100% or at all in life. Like, we're not going to say, oh, if I raise my child this way, no va a sufrir. Like, no, that's a lie. Todos vamos a sufrir, hemos sufrido y lo que sea en diferentes maneras. But the thing is that we want to give our kids a tool so when that day comes, they have a backbone. And they're not fragile. Y no se, como dice, no se los va a tragar la tierra to where they're like, Or they're, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but no van a caer y no se van a sentir tan frágiles. O, o a lo mejor, ¿verdad? Es el, ese es el miedo de que, y no es bien callado y pues se, no, y me lo, se van a aprovechar de él. Well, then you have to assess. Do you do a lot of things for him or her? Right? If they're already going through things, for example, what I started sharing, right? If there's that little boy that you're your ex was helping you raise um and now you have this little boy and you feel bad for him because oh no su papá no lo quiso cuando estaba chico verdad y ahora el step el step parent padrazo tampoco ay siento feo y porque siento feo I'm gonna parent out of guilt and I'm gonna buy him everything he wants because I feel bad I feel like I'm the one that probably did this to him Um, I mean, it takes two, so don't blame yourself completely, like 100%, you know, and it's like, ay, que quieres, mijo, y esto, and then there's no backbone. And then, God forbid, something happens, obviously, because nos vamos a poner viejitas después. <laughs> Pero todavía no, todavía no. Por cuando lleguemos a eso, entonces, you know, want to make sure that, like, I feel confident my, my child is intelligent enough 
Because there's many parents who are older because of the way they parented and it, they didn't, they know they like messed up. Even though their child is like 20, 30, 40, whatever years old, they still feel this need of controlling. It's because they've never felt that their parenting skills were like, I mean, they weren't confident with their parenting skills. That's what I'm trying to say. And so they will always continue to doubt their children because it's like, well, tengo que decir que tiene que hacer. Que cuide a los niños. Que no, que no le da de comer. I mean, all of these things. And it's like, cuídalos. Y esto, y el otro, y el otro. It's because they don't trust themselves. And they don't trust you because they're the ones that raised you. Even though you're an adult and you know you're capable of doing. They are in this mindset of thinking like, like my child is stupid. Which is so sad to think. But I mean, I think at that point, that's what they mean, right? Because it's like, wait a minute. Do you think I'm incompetent here? That I can't like feed my kids? Like, why do you have to tell me? Why do you always have to tell me to get that is a comedia? Because my mom's done that. And I'm like, wait a minute, what the heck? Does she not think I'm competent enough to feed my kids? Obviously, I am. But then, obviously, as a therapist and assessing and all that, I understand that those are her insecurities because she knows she messed up. It is what it is. But we don't want to be that way. We want to change it to where. We don't, when we have a child, you know, I mean, all the children, of course, but because I'm targeting those kiddos who are kind of pushed to the side, like from the biological father or by the, the then later on by the step parent, um, or maybe there's no step parent, it's just a biological father, right? But they feel lost. They feel like they don't belong because then it was like, okay, I was the only child. And then my mom met this partner and then they had kids. So that's, they're a family, but where's mine? They feel disconnected. And if you've never had a conversation with that child and say, how do you feel about what's going on? Maybe you have. And for those that haven't, it's very important to remind them that just because those two people Right, an example of the biological father and the step parent. Just because those two people are are not in their life does not mean that they will not do great things, and that doesn't mean that they're not important. They matter, and they have great things to do. And because the absence of a father and a mother speaks volumes, in every human being, you guys. And that when it speaks volumes, there's a message there. Because if you were to, if I were to ask you, do you love your life, even though you grew up without that father? And if you say yes, well, look, it's because it's kind of like saying thank you. I know it's going to sound a little weird, but hear me out. It's like you saying, telling your father, thank you for teaching me not to be like you because I love who I am without you. That's powerful. I can't imagine, you know, someone who has grown up without that father figure or mother figure. And although many of us grew up with our mother and father, but they were disconnected emotionally, it's kind of the same thing. So at some extent, right? At some extent. We're not going to compare because I know they're absent physically because sometimes there's parents that are there physically, but they're not, they're like totally disconnected. So 
everyone perceives their situation, their way, and there's not a wrong or, I mean, yeah, there's not a right or wrong way. But I do highlight the importance of don't parent out of guilt. Give your children that gift of discipline. Discipline is another word for um, disciple, which means to teach. We want to teach them that when there's a problem, I want you to think of solutions to solve it because we're not going to always be there, you guys, and we want to empower them. They deserve to be given that space to feel intelligent and that space that we trust them because if you're always like trying to shelter them, it's just not going to work out. And there's going to be a lot of problems, a lot of problems. So it's hands-on, hands-off, you know. And for that child that has lost well, the biological parent and a step-parent, let them know they're important. Because they have you and they have others around them that love them. And it's a proven fact that they're going to be okay. Why? Because you're going to implement what is needed. If you don't implement anything or give them a space to learn about themselves as they grow up, right now because they're little, it's like una ventaja grande because you still get to decide, like, I would like you to go to therapy. Yeah, and they're in therapy. It's out of your hands. Let the therapist kind of do the work to be able to help them open up. And it works out. I mean, I say this because I'm a therapist and I've had kiddos that are sometimes very shy, pero agarran confianza and then they start like talking and it's just so amazing to see them get to learn more about themselves at a very young age. And it's just awesome. But I just want to touch base about this because um, I see it a lot and, you know, it's important. It's important. So thank you so much for listening. Les deseo todo lo mejor. And stay tuned for more. Y, yeah, <laughs> stay tuned for more. Cuídense. Adiós. Gracias por escuchar. Thank you so much for tuning in the Chicana and Latina Moms podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Chicana underscore Latina Moms podcast. And also, don't forget to leave a review. Gracias. Hey, my Chicana and Latina sisters, please do not forget to leave a review and give me your feedback. I would really appreciate it. This also helps other new listeners know what we're about. Gracias.